Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. My message tonight, I don't really know I'm going to get into the whole thing. I'm going to get into the part of it that there was a suddenly. You say, what do you mean by that? I suddenly saw these chapters come alive to me. They just jumped off the page of the Bible. I wasn't even looking down at those chapters, but they just appeared before me like in the Spirit. And I saw them. And I knew. You know how in the Spirit you just know? It's not like it was written out for you. It wasn't something that was rehearsed. It was, it was just there. And it was like instant knowing, instant knowledge. I knew exactly what he was trying to get over to me in an instant, in a moment, just like that. Well, we've been praying for those things to happen. Amen. For, for God to manifest himself in, in, in different ways, in special ways, in spectacular ways, or whatever way he wants to. And this was one of them. First, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to study your word tonight. We do by the power of the Spirit, expecting great things to take place, hearts to be touched, lives to be changed, circumstances to be overcome, Jesus to be glorified, you to be exalted, the Spirit of God to move. Father God, we expect, we expect, we expect to move out into deeper waters, climb the heights with you, and just get down into the deeper depths. We'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's achieved tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I thought about people living in today's society. I thought about the wickedness that's out there. All the evil. I thought about the heartache. I thought about the pain and the sorrow. I thought about the sickness and the disease and the limitations. And I thought about the provision of God. I thought about the provision of God. I thought about the drug addict. The needle user. I thought about the one that was bound up. Through lust. And immorality. All those things that are out there facing people in the world today trying to get a grip of their souls. I thought about people just entering into the regions below forever without Christ. And I thought about how we need to fulfill the Father's will for our lives. How we need to stand against the enemy who is so ruthless, so uncaring, so destructive. We need to do it in this generation. We need to take a bold stand in our lives individually. We need to take a stronger stand against all the powers that darkness has unleashed against us. We need to, to rise up in a greater boldness. We need to grab a hold of the promises of God and destroy the works of the devil in this generation. 
to break the bands of wickedness that bind and blind people's minds, sending them off into an eternity of darkness and damnation and fire and brimstone forever. Beloved, we hold the key to victory. Every single one of us. You are an asset for God upon this earth. You have got power beyond your imagination. He's able to do for every single one of us super abundantly above all we ask and infinitely beyond we think according to the miracle power that was birthed in us when God raised up Jesus from the dead. But our eyes need to be opened unto it. We've got to stop looking at our inabilities, stop looking at our shortcomings. Stop thinking that we're just someone sitting in the background somewhere, you know, just getting along in this line. No, you have got power with God. You have got authority in this life. You've got the ability of God in your inward parts just waiting to be unleashed. In shafts of light, dispelling the darkness. Setting the captives free. Crushing the power of sickness and disease. Pulling people out of the very pit by the power of the name of Jesus. I saw this flash before me. I said, now, Father God, we've got to understand in a greater way how to walk in that kind of power and authority. What's the key? What's the secret? There's all kinds of adversities. There's all kinds of obstacles. You can be sitting right in your own home and just look all around you and you might think that There you are, confined to those four walls and all kinds of problems. Anybody want to break free? I mean, you want to break loose. You're not taking a back seat to the devil. You will not be devoured by Satan. You will not be overcome in this life. You'll not be destroyed by the hand of darkness. You're not going to give in. Because you're an overcomer in this life. Who's our example? Who set the pattern to follow? Like a flash, I saw it before me. What made Jesus successful? What made Jesus successful? How do we think we can be any more successful than Jesus was? How can we be successful any differently? than what he was. What made him a success is what makes us a success. You know why? He gave up his mighty power and glory. When he came to the earth, he came as a man. Are you listening to this? He came as a man. He used what we have to use. Every single one of us. He did. He did not function or operate as the Son of God on earth. He operated as the Son of Man and a prophet under the Old Testament. And I'm going to unveil that to you right here as the Spirit of God gave it to me in a flash. Look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, if you would, please, and verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of Him. Stop right there. As I said, I saw it as a flash. His baptism is a key to overcoming in this life. What does it represent? 
Consecration. Dedication. The consecration of one's life to the purpose of God, to the will of God, to the way of God. We will never rise to the place that God wants us to be in until there is an absolute, total consecration of self to God. I give you my life. I give you my ways, my will, my all, everything I have. I am consecrated to you. That's what the baptism of Jesus represented. He consecrated Himself to fulfill all righteousness. To live right with God. To live according to the way of God. Not to my own impulses of the flesh, Not to my own reasonings of the mind. Not to the traditions that have been handed down to me over the years. But I consecrate myself to God. Baptism. Under the water. Dead to self. Alive to God forevermore. I exist for you. I'm alive for you. Can you say amen? See, sometimes we want the end without realizing what it takes to get there. You've got to start with the beginning. And this is the beginning. This is what made Jesus a success. God didn't have half His heart. God didn't have three quarters of His heart. God the Father had every part of His being. And this is not what He told us. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. That's what that baptism represented. And beloved, that's what our baptism should also represent. I've given myself to God. I've given my life to God. I consecrate myself, my thoughts, my ways, my will, everything I own, everything I possess, all that I am, all that I exist for, I consecrate to you, Father God. I will live right in your sight. Number two. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. See, that's absolute consecration. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when He was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto Him, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon Him. There's number two. There's number two, right there. Baptism in water. Baptism in the Spirit. Jesus... Receiving the Spirit of God. What does that represent? The anointing of God. An element in the life of the believer that he cannot attain on his own. Something that comes from heaven above. As the heavens are opened. It represents the anointing. It represents power. 
It represents equipping. It represents supernatural manifestations. It represents divine enablement in the life of every person who desires to live like Jesus. You see, beloved, we can't shake the world without divine enablement. We can't pull them out of the darkness with divine, without divine abilities. Our own strength is not enough. Our own intelligence is not enough. Our own plans are not enough. We need divine enablement daily. The heavens opening daily. The Spirit descending daily, falling upon us daily. A daily consecration, a daily being filled with the Spirit of the living God, being quickened by the Spirit of God, giving ourselves over to the anointing of God, desiring to walk in the Spirit, in the realm of the Spirit with God, allowing the Spirit's ability to be stirred up in our inward parts, That's how Jesus lived daily. Can you say amen? Amen. As a result, he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, crushed the power of Satan, healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the maimed to be made whole, and the lame to walk. That's how Jesus overcame every obstacle that got in His way. Consecration. Spiritual endowments. Thirdly. Oh, I love this. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God is well pleased with sons and daughters who are set apart and consecrated to fulfill the purpose of God in life, who open themselves, their hearts, to His anointing, His power, His ability, acknowledging daily that without it, I am useless, I have nothing. But with it, nothing shall be impossible unto me. Nothing. There is going to come upon the people of God a boldness like you've never experienced before, child of God. I want you to say those two things to me right now. I am consecrated. I am set apart. Totally given to God. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I am filled with the Holy Ghost and power, spiritual, force, divine, enablement, equipping for service. Glory. God is well pleased. God is well pleased. God is well pleased. See, the third thing was everything, as far as Jesus was concerned, that He did in life would be that which would please the Father. 
the Father was well pleased with His consecration, with the giving of of Himself over to the Spirit of God to be used as a vessel of honor for God in the earth. Look at the next one. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Listen to me carefully, saints. No one is exempt from the temptation of Satan. No one is exempt from the snares of the devil. The strategies, the wiles of the devil, the fiery missiles and darts that come at us every single day. No one is exempt. But we can learn to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will lead us to a place in life where we will be well equipped and prepared to stand against Whatever it is Satan has in his arsenal to throw our way. Did you hear that? He prepared Jesus. He led him to get prepared. Listen carefully. No one is exempt. Yes, you're going to get attacked in life. Yes, your body will be attacked. Your soul will be attacked. Your spirit will be attacked. Your finances will be attacked. Your family will be attacked. Your morality will be attacked. Your faithfulness will be attacked. Your loyalty will be attacked. You will be attacked in this life. So will I. Or haven't you noticed that yet as a believer? Some of you got the hint. Right? Well, the Spirit of God is here to lead us to a place in Him Daily, where we can be prepared to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And Jesus was led by the Spirit to that place. He sought the Father. He prayed in that place. He gave Himself over unto the Lord completely, His God completely. And in that place, He prepared Himself to face life's challenges. Can you see that? Listen carefully. There is no defeat to those that are prepared. To those that are equipped. There's no defeat. He was led of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will always lead us to a place where we can be prepared for victory. Always. If he says, I want you to set aside a little bit of time, son, and I want you to study that. Listen to me carefully. Here's what I'm saying to you. You know he is getting you prepared to face something. A challenge, a difficult situation, whatever it may be in your life. Something is coming up. There may be a difficulty that lies ahead, but if you will but heed the voice of the Spirit of God, if you will follow his lead, if he says... I want you to take that tape. I want you to read that chapter. I want you to do this. Whatever it is, do it three or four times or five times. Do it three days in a row. Whatever it is he's telling you to do, it's because he knows down the road there is a challenge that you are going to face in life. There's going to be a circumstance. There's going to be adversity. 
There's going to be a temptation, a snare, a while, whatever it is. Something is coming your way. Something will come at you. But if you are sensitive to His leading, He will have you prepared to face that hard place. So that you are so full of God. So that you are so equipped with supernatural abilities and powers. So that you are so strong in the Lord and the power of His might that when the enemy comes, one way, He will flee from before your face in seven directions, scattered, confused, and defeated. And when He had fasted forty days and forty nights, He was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, and he will come. And I saw this. Beloved, our Savior was not exempt from temptation. Our Savior was not exempt from tribulation, trial, attack of the enemy. His will had to be tested. He had to prove that he would not deny the Father. And I mean to tell you, Satan threw everything in his arsenal at him. Did everything he possibly could to bring our Savior to his knees. And if you think you're going to escape it, if he has the gall and audacity to attack the Son of God, you know he's knocking on your door. Someone says, well, I just kind of think I'll hide over here in a corner. He won't notice me. He's got your number. And no one is exempt. But we've got his. He's declining to his end. He's below zero. He's in a minus column. Amen. So listen to what Jesus did. Jesus responded to the temptation of the enemy, to spiritual attacks, adversities, in a superior way to what we could respond. Some angels brought him some lightning bolts out of heaven in that wilderness. A legion of angels came. No? Some nuclear spiritual bombs were devised. No. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. Are you listening? This will bless you. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. The attack was in the physical realm. Jesus began to be hungry. The fasting was over. In the natural, the body once again becomes hungry. He was ravenous. He was very hungry. And so the enemy, knowing his physical condition, his physical status, targets this area of his life where he knew he would be weak. If you are the Son of God, then you prove it by turning these stones into bread so you have sustenance. And I want you to know that our Savior, the Son of God, who consecrated Himself to the Father, 
who was filled with the Holy Ghost as He fell upon Him when the heavens were open, who was well-pleasing to the Father God because of His absolute consecration to fulfill all righteousness, who was led by the Spirit of God and obedient to do what the Spirit of God had told him to do, to be prepared for the time of battle, He responded to the devil the same way He has instructed us to respond to the devil. He said, It is written. It is written. How did Jesus, the Son of God, respond in this life, in this atmosphere, in this society, among the darkness, among the evils, among the wickedness, the wiles of the devil, everything that you and I have to face in life. He was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. How did this immaculate Son of God respond? It is written. And here's the secret. Man shall not live by bread alone. Yes, I'm hungry. Yes, I want to eat. Yes, I need physical sustenance. But you know what? There is something I need a whole lot more than physical sustenance. I am living my life by the authority of the Word of God. And it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the living God. And like a flash, I saw it before me. God wants His people to respond the same way. But listen carefully. I didn't start with it as written. I started with a consecrated life. I started with a Spirit-filled life. A life well-pleasing to the Father. One who is led by the Spirit. Prepared for battle. How many of you understand the need for preparation? If you know you're in a warfare, you'll be prepared for battle. The United States Army does not send out soldiers that have not been prepared for battle. Is that true? No branch of the armed forces in this country would dare send someone out there without preparing them for battle. They've got to be prepared. Saints, are you prepared? Do we know we're in a battle? Do we know we're in a warfare? When you're squeezed, does it is written ooze out of you? When you're under pressure, does it is written ooze out of you? Do you utter those words from your lips? Do you understand the dynamic power that is in those three words? It is written. I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Secondly, his second temptation was in the, in the realm of the soul. Then the devil taketh him into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the Son of God, that was supposed to be representative of the Son of God, that he would be placed up on that pinnacle and recognized by all as the one who is the Messiah. Cast yourself down, for it is written, Oh, the devil knows the word. The devil responds with the word. It is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Market saint, 
the devil will distort Scripture. Why? To paralyze your faith. To disarm you in the front line of battle. He'll use every distraction he can possibly imagine and conjure up just to get you to a place where you're disarmed. Be aware of it. Now, we're not giving in. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He quotes Deuteronomy 6.16, Thou shalt not tempt... I'm not foolish. I'm not presumptuous. I'm not playing games with God. I'm not playing games with you. I know what that word says. It is one standing on a position, unshakable, immovable. This is what has been written. And I know that the word of the Lord is tested and tried, found trustworthy, faithful and true. This is what God said. I do not have to test God foolishly. It's like those that handle snakes. Yeah, you'll take up serpents in the service of our Lord, but don't get yourself a building and start handling snakes. Don't do it. That's foolishness. That's presumption. And the devil will have the upper hand. Jesus knew how to combat every adversity. He knew how to stand against every wile of the devil. And he did it successfully in this life, in this earth. What did the Savior use? What did our Redeemer use? It is written, it is written, I will not tempt the Lord my God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him. Now listen carefully. Back up a little bit. All these things will I give thee. He showed him the grandeur of the spirit realm. He says, I want you to team up together with me. Yeah, we'll let your people, the Jews, have what they want to have. We'll let Israel have what they want to have. And you and I will work together. We're going to overthrow everything. You'll have what you want. I'll have what I want. Let's team up together. And you know what? He was so sure of himself that he didn't even hide the cost. He didn't even disguise the price. All you've got to do is fall down and worship me. You want it? Bow. Are you listening? You want it? Jesus, you want what I have to offer? Bow your knee to me. He was so bold, he just set it out. Blurted it right out. You've got to bow your knee to me. What did Jesus do? Something new? Something different? No. You know what he said? Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shall thou serve. Satan had no defense for that. None whatsoever. None. Look it. Then the devil leaveth him. Did you hear that? Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. The devil left. 
Now, I saw all that in the flesh. And when I saw the devil leave, you know what I saw? I saw the chains that bind men leave. I saw God's people saying, it is written. And taking a hold of the Word of God and boldly staring the enemy right in the face saying, it is written. And I saw the chains fall. I saw the bands loosed. I saw the disease depart from them. I saw the evil spirits go out of them. I'm telling you, it was like a sea of people saying, it is written. And then getting a hold of the Word of God with a revelation like they've never had before. I'm talking about a revelation of the authority of the Word of God and its power and force over all satanic influences. Get thee hence, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, for it is written. Let me give you an illustration. When sickness or disease attaches itself to your body, comes to destroy our lives, your life or mine, comes knocking on the door, bragging about how powerful it is, how incurable it is, how destructive it is. You talk about a battle. You talk about a warfare. You talk about the thoughts that bombard the human mind that beat upon our heads, buffeting our minds day in and day out. I challenge you. I challenge your faith. I challenge your belief. I'm coming as an adversary. I'm making myself known to you. I am here And I am going to do everything in my power to overcome you in this life. When a mental condition rises up against you like an ugly giant and says to you, I will oppress you. I'm going to keep you bound. I'm going to hold you under oppressed, depressed. And if I can, I'm going to obsess your mind. I want you to know something. God wants us to be in this place. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, and saints, you may say you can quote this scripture, but I want you to listen. I don't even want you to look it up. I want you just to give me your undivided attention right now. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Did you hear those words? He, Jesus, hath borne our diseases and carried our sicknesses. Jesus himself took on himself. I'll say it this way. He took off from us our diseases and sicknesses and placed them on himself. That's what he did. And listen, and we have come, we have come to esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. We have come to revere, to consider, to honor and respect the fact that he was stricken, 
smitten of God and afflicted. I want that to sink in. It is written, Jesus bore our sickness, Jesus carried our pain, and we have come to the place in our lives where we recognize, where we revere, where we esteem, where we honor, where we respect the fact that Jesus was stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement needful for me to, to have peace was placed on him so that by his stripes we are healed. We are. Not will be, but we are. We have come to the place where we recognize that Jesus took upon himself our sickness and disease and carried it away from us. And so when those things arise in our lives that I just mentioned, what position do we take? What stand do we take? What firm foundation do we plant ourselves on? Oppression. It is written. Jesus bore my sickness, carried my pain. I have come to revere the fact that it was all placed on Him by God. It is written, by His stripes I was healed. By His stripes I am healed. That is my firm foundation. That is my position. That is my stand. I refuse to say anything else. It is written by the stripes of Jesus who bore my sickness and carried my pain. I am healed. It was fulfilled. It was accomplished. It was achieved. It was done. And I have come to esteem it. I've come to recognize it, to honor God in it, to revere the fact that Jesus became it. Thank God if we have a revelation of it, beloved. What He took, we don't take. What He bore, we don't bear. What He carried away, we don't carry. It is written. Say it with me. It is written. By His stripes, I was healed. Therefore, I am healed. I'm healed now. It is written by His stripes. I am healed. He bore my sickness, carried my pain. With His stripes, I am healed. That's the position that God wants us to take, saints, right there. I'm not trying to be, but I am. I am. I've come to esteem it. I see it. I recognize it. I revere it. I just say it. And say it. It's my position. It's my stand. You know, this is a sad thing to say, beloved, but 
too often what we're trying to do is to get something that we already have. We're trying to get something that we already have. Instead of saying that we have it, we're trying to get it and miss out on the whole thing. God wants us to know what is written. And that has been written. I'm going to close with this last verse of scripture here. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. That was 53 that I quoted to you. But I saw this too. Beloved, I am seeing in the realm of the Spirit these lying vanities leaving human bodies. I am seeing God's people rising to a level of faith that they had never known before. Their eyes are being opened to the fact that they have the same equipping that Jesus had when He was upon the earth. And all they've got to do is be serious with the Word of God and take a bold stand and declare, it is written. I don't live by human reasoning. I live by faith in the Son of God. In Isaiah chapter 54, there are those that are tormented. Oh, I'm telling you something, I see those demon powers fleeing. I see them running as in terror once and for all. I see them trying to come back, but when they do, they run into a wall of glory and fall helplessly at the feet of those that know it has been written. Once and for all, we are going to see an army, beloved, rise up. An army of believers rise up in faith, believing God for great demonstrations of His power and might. Setting the captive free. Isaiah 54, verse 14. When satanic powers stir up trouble against you, when He sets in motion a plan designed to destroy you, your family, your household, your finances, your business, when he starts spreading rumors about you and gossip and all those things that are targeting your life, designed once again to destroy. Here's what God wants us to do. He does not want us to defend ourselves. You know why? If you defend yourself, you're doing it in your own strength. Did you get that? Then you're defending yourself. He doesn't want you to defend yourself. Here's what he wants. Verse 14. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Are you listening? They're all around us. I mean, they're all around us, but there's no need to fear them. They're everywhere you look. They're everywhere you go. From the north and south and east and west, no matter where you travel, they're out there. Fear, oppression, anxiety, all those forces are set in motion against every child of God. But let's read on. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy do you know what that means? Let him devise his plan. Let him come up with his strategies. Let him stir up things to his own favor. And let him target your life to destroy it. Let him try to come against you in this way or that way. Let him do all that he wants to do. 
Remember, I created him. He fell on his own. He's nothing compared to the Lord your God. And he is on your side. Look at the next verse. Here is what God wants us to say. If the devil speaks in your ear, if oppression visits your door, if there's a knock at your door and you go and open up that door and there's all kinds of oppression and fear and anxiety and worry, if the phone rings and what you hear on the other side absolutely causes your heart to melt within you, pull that phone away if need be. If not, speak it right on out. And say, verse 17, no weapon formed against me, no weapon created, no weapon, no enemy who can devise a plan, a strategy against me, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against me, it is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper or succeed, no plan will be victorious against me and every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment is condemned this is the heritage you know what heritage stands for it's covenant relationship it's covenant talk it's my covenant right it is our covenant right to believe that God Almighty who created the devil who fell provides a power and a force that absolutely crushes his every strategy and endeavor. And all I've got to say is what? It is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, said right boldly in the face of the adversity. And every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment is condemned. This is my covenant, right? And the word righteousness in the latter part of the verse is translated vindication. It's vindication is of me, saith the Lord. Who vindicates us? The Lord will fight for you. You want God to fight for you? Stop talking about the problem. Stop magnifying the attack of the enemy. Stop talking about what people are saying about you and start saying it is written. It is written, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment is condemned. This is my heritage. It's my covenant right. I belong to God and my vindication is of the Lord. You know what you just did? You unleashed heaven's host against your enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Gather around this altar with me, would you? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.